Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Becoming a Butterfly. Apologies in advance because you can probably definitely hear the rain. Um, I don't have my microphone stand or my shock absorber, so the sound isn't very clearly blocked out. And you might hear my papers ruffling. Um, My setup's a bit different to... The previous 13 episodes, um, which I recorded whilst I was in Sydney and I was sat at a desk um, and I had everything set up, whereas right now I'm kind of I'm just sat in my bed holding my microphone in my hand, so things are a bit new, um, so forgive me on that one. Anyway, let's crack on. Today I'm going to talk about school and university. Um, primarily with school, I'm going to talk about my experience of um, having an eating disorder in school. Um, I won't mention the school's name just because I don't know, um, I I don't really know why, I just, probably better not to, um, but if you know me you'll know what school I went to, um, if you don't know what school I went to feel free to ask, I'm not hiding it from anyone, I don't know why I would hide it from anyone, there's absolutely no reason to do that, I just think probably best not to put the name on a podcast, um, because they, like, don't want to do this, um, anyway I'm rambling and then talking about uni I'm going to then go on to kind of eating disorder at uni um and moving past that so let's crack on um I was in year 10 when things started going badly um at school for me so I was the year before GCSE so I chose all my GCSEs um but I did drama and I also did ICT a year early. So when I went into an inpatient in the priory, um, I actually was doing my drama GCSE at the time. So you do a theory and you do an acting one. Um, And I won't mention the teacher's name, but she wasn't very understanding. And um, I was on bed rest whilst I was in the priory and then I was on chair rest whilst I came out as an outpatient. And my mum contacted the school and explained all of this. And obviously it wasn't very convenient, but like, what can you do, you know? Mental health doesn't um, choose... Sorry, it affects everyone, you know? You, it doesn't just choose... Uh, I don't really know what I was going for in that phrase. We'll forget I said that. Basically, um, school, I think, they found it difficult to handle because maybe they'd never had... Um, experience with this before which is fine but also I'm looking back I think back now and I'm like okay they did handle handle it in the best way they know possible but also like some of the teachers um, made me kind of feel like it was an inconvenience Um, and it's like well I didn't choose this life so let's find a middle ground here because you know I don't want this and you don't want this so my drama teacher basically said to my mum like she's got to come into school and she's got to stand up and do all her acting and stuff and her this was just rehearsal, so it wasn't the full performance. So my mum was like, obviously she's got to stand up in the real performance, um, which wasn't long, but when she's doing rehearsals, can she do it sat down? And the, my teacher basically said no, um, like, end of. So that was kind of a shock, I think, to my parents. Um, and there was other times when, um, say, I, I had to uh, miss... Sorry about that, I think the sound changes when I move... Ooh the microphone I'm just gonna hold still for now um yeah so I'm when I became an outpatient um and I was working uh through the Priory's outpatient program I would miss half a day on Tuesday um so the whole that was four periods in the afternoon the whole the afternoon basically after lunch um 
and I would miss the whole of Friday. So that was obviously inconvenient. Like I'm preparing for my GCSEs um, and my teachers are like, they can't homeschool me. I can't get a tutor because it's not like I have the time. I'm not just doing nothing at home. I'm going into the Priory for help. Um, I still managed to get through my GCSEs, which is amazing. Absolute miracle. Um, I did really well in them. Very happy with what I got. Um, but it was obviously hard for the teachers and it was obviously hard for myself. So again, it was finding that middle ground, you know, of what's good what's like what can the teachers do for me at home and what can I do to show the teacher that I'm still working really hard and some of the teachers were amazing you know they'd make me packs for the week and just send me home um I remember history actually that luckily happened to fall um on Tuesday afternoons and Friday mornings so I obviously missed all my history lessons but I still got an A star um in my history GCSE thankfully because I worked really well with my teacher and that just highlights you know if you've got that relationship with teachers in school that they can help you get through it and you can kind of help them help you um and on that topic um, my head of year I had a really good relationship with her because she was also head of sports and as a very sports person I played all three um winter sports netball hockey and lacrosse um from year seven to year nine and then I stopped hockey and then obviously stopped the others when I got ill. But she was, from that, we developed a good relationship and she was always very supportive anyway. And being head of year, she was, her duty was to kind of care for pupils and things. Um, but I would have to have, I had to have um, food under observation. So I had to have snacks and lunches um, and afternoon snacks, like in the eyes of teachers. Um, my afternoon snack I would have in class. So that was just uncomfortable like the teachers are fine um because they probably didn't they didn't want someone eating in class you know I went to a private all-girls school it was very like prim and proper we don't eat in class we don't talk in class all this and all that um so they probably they didn't want someone eating in class but they didn't have to do anything they just said like yeah she can eat in class that's fine and like I felt uncomfortable at the time obviously but everyone else knew what was going on even if I didn't really um so now I'm really battered an eyelid I don't think I don't know I don't think about it anymore um but my morning snack was eaten um with my head of year in her office and obviously that's a bit inconvenient for her because she's not going to be sat in her office every single day at break time you know she might have to have jobs to do go and find someone other things so um, I was very appreciative of that and sometimes she would you know just nip out and things but looking back I'm like wow she really gave up so much time to help me um, and if it wasn't for her and had to have someone that I could kind of sit comfortably with and just eat it was literally like a pack of hula hoops or a chocolate bar or something um, and I didn't want to eat this food and she didn't want to kind of um, overpower the priory or overpower my parents so it's probably difficult for her as well like how does she act but I'm so grateful that she just kind of got on with what she needs to do at break time. You know, she'd just say, sit here, Sarah, um, eat your food and then go. And she trusted me. Um, and that was a really great relationship to have. And then at lunchtime, um, God, my mum, like absolute saviour. I went and because I wasn't comfortable with eating. I shut out all my friends, you know, I wasn't comfortable with eating with any of them. Um, I felt very isolated and lonely. Um, so I'd go and eat lunch with my mum in the car. She would drive to school and again, if you know me, I live in the middle of nowhere. I'm not going to say where I live on a podcast, um, but I live in the middle of nowhere. So the drive to school is about 40 minutes, 45 minutes down the motorway. Um, and yeah, she'd sit with me every single lunchtime 
while I ate my food and it wasn't like a pleasant thing you know it's not like oh, I'm gonna go have lunch with my mum now we're gonna have a nice chat like no it was such a tense time during meal times and snack times for me so that was a lot out of my mum's day but again and school you don't they don't let the kids go out um during the day so that was another exception that I had to have um and all of this built like I have a joke with my friends that I was like a teacher's pet you know I was always on a good side of teachers and things and got like exemptions or whatever um and my illness did have a kind of negative obviously was negative um a lot of the time but one of the most negative things during school was they always made me feel like um sorry I was I felt that teachers were kind of putting me not on a pedestal but they were putting me in like my own sort of arena um and I wasn't in the same realm as everyone else my age or in the school you know like I couldn't get told off or um I was considered in a let's say like a nicer light for example and I don't I really don't think this was the case like I got told off at times um but also that was mainly my first few years of school and I probably was a bit more mischievous but when I got ill I didn't I lost all that you know I lost my cheekiness I lost my confidence I kind of lost everything about me so there really was no reason for teachers to kind of have a go at me or whatever um and I remember someone once questioned why I got extra time and why I got to sit at the back of um the room during exams um in my GCSE year so this would have been the year after I got diagnosed um and I I had I had extra time because I was dyslexic but that wasn't found out until um my A-levels I didn't do a test until my A-levels for that um but I got extra time in actually I didn't get extra time in GCSEs I just got sat at the back of the classroom and I got rest breaks and this was because pardon me this was because of my anxiety um purely because of my anxiety and because I uh could have ha- could have panic attacks and also um because my heart rate was so low you know they didn't if I needed to um get that out early or like quickly for some reason it was easier for me to be at the back of the classroom um and I remember one of my friends questioning that and then um also questioning saying that I got uh what I can't remember what the word is um like special circum situations or something um where you get like you automatically get a certain percentage added onto your mark she said I got that because I was ill um that's what she insinuated and that's not the case I never got that um in any of my exams or anything um I just got extra time and I did obviously get the benefits of extra time and rest breaks don't get me wrong I know they're huge benefits but I didn't get the extra percentages like anywhere um and also my illness made me work extremely hard so in school I would spend so in sixth form I would spend all my free periods um working I'd be in the library um or in the six form common room working um I wouldn't go out freeze and stuff uh sorry freeze not freeze um I also would go home and do my homework like as soon as the day it was set or sometimes I'd kind of second guess it and do it like a day before or something and that became a running joke and you know I could laugh about that and that was all fun and games but that's kind of where my life became you know it was I was lonely and I just channeled all of this sort of the control that I lost from food. I channeled that all into my work. Um, and I kind of look back now and I'm like, fucking hell, I was boring. Pardon my language. Wow. Um, sorry. I look back now and I think, wow, I was boring. Um, and I laugh with it. I laugh with my friends about it and stuff. 
Um, but that's kind of the reality, you know, you have to find another way for the control to stick around so you feel like something is, you're still kind of in control of something. Um, this 12 minutes has probably been a bit of a ramble. Sorry, I've jumped from like hoop to hoop, but I'm just kind of thinking like, I'm not looking at my notes right now and I'm thinking what kind of my experience is like and what I can remember. Um, one thing I do want to touch on um, with the exams is I did actually have a panic attack in one of my A-levels. So this was final year of school. I was doing a politics A-level and the papers came and I'd done all my revision. Um, I found um, exams very hard. I still do. Um, I feel coursework is a bit more my strength. Um, I say that, but still didn't do great in coursework. So probably just don't have a strength when it comes to school. Anyway, um, so I sit down and they put the paper in front of me and I'm reading the questions. And this was two, no, this was a year after I'd just been diagnosed I don't really know if you're diagnosed um told I'm dyslexic let's say so I did like a test and that came through that was my comprehension so I'm reading these questions and just none of the words are going through I see these words on the paper and I I'm reading them like I can obviously see the words but they're not registering so it's as if I'm reading a foreign language like no thoughts in my head are linking to what's on the paper and I think, okay, let's refresh. So I turn the paper over and I turn it back over. So it's if I've like first time I've seen it, still nothing. I look around, people are picking up their pens. Someone next to me has almost already done a whole page of writing. And this goes on for about 15 minutes. And then I just think, what, what the hell? Like, what am I going to do? I know I've got extra time, but I need that extra time because I'm a slow writer. So it's not as if the extra time is my extra time wasn't for having a panic attack it was because I'm a slow writer and a slow comprehending things um and I'm just getting myself more and more worried because I can't comprehend these words so I just completely freak out and luckily it was my head of year um in the exam room so the one who had the same lady that had helped me through like my snack times and things um and I didn't have to do that luckily in sixth form um but she kind of knew me and I just got up, I started crying, I looking around, you know, everyone's writing away. I just got up and walked out and I thought, I cannot do this. I went and sat outside and she'd obviously seen me um, and come out and said, tried to calm me down and said like, so you need to go back in. This is your exam. Um, it's your A-levels. What's going to help you get to uni? And I thought the only thing I was thinking was, I'm not going back in. I'm not going back in. I want to see my mum. And I kept saying that. Um, and I'm completely freaking out. I'm like, I need to go and sit outside. I need to get out of this place. Like, let me go. And I honestly don't know how she managed to calm me down and get me back in that exam room because I look back now and I think, no way was I going back in that exam room. But I did. Um, albeit, it was my worst exam. Um, I got my worst mark in it. But that was not surprising. Um, but yeah, that's just the reality of kind of how much this all can affect um school life and I think I look back now and actually I'm recording this podcast on the 25th of September 2020 and that is five years since I went to university and I think my family were all quite surprised 
that not only did I manage to make it to university, I managed to do four whole years and graduate university. And now I'm a year on and I'm in Australia. So all these things in my life since then are adding up and it's great. But back in those A-level days and GCSE days and back at school, I like the next day was not promised for me. Like who knew what was going to happen? Um, and it was all quite worrying and up and down. And now I look back and think, oh, I made it. Um, and I haven't really, I'm just seeing in my notes that I've written a bit about like what my school environment was like. I don't really want to talk about that, to be honest, because I don't think like it's that necessary. I think it was your typical, um, I mentioned earlier, private school, all girls, competitive, um, extremely bitchy, but also extremely fun. I had a good group of friends, um, very different to my sis, both my sister's groups of friends. Um, I've done a whole I think I've mentioned in my podcast before about kind of um, the role of friendships and things. Um, it, yes, it was toxic at times, but also it was good. You know, you, I feel like you can kind of just get the gist from what I'm saying, basically. Um, but moving on to university, um, for me, this was a fresh start. You know, I was seeing this as kind of like close the door on one side of life and open the door to many opportunities. And naively, I decided I was going to close the door on my eating disorder. You know, I I thought, um, here's university, you know, here's a chance for me to completely start fresh. Um, but that didn't happen because I, some, I'd posted a picture after, um, in school or maybe it was just when I finished school and it was about recovery it's the first time I ever spoke on social media about recovery and someone from university had somehow found this and they'd liked it and then lots of other people on Facebook started liking it and so then it became a thing you know everyone kind of found out about my past and I remember calling my mum just completely freaking out I was like they found out who I am you know I'm really scared they're gonna judge me they're gonna think the same as what everyone thought at school that I'm like the girl with the eating disorder um there's no way out of this um I'm never gonna kind of like live it down and she was just like Sarah it's nothing to be ashamed of you know just kind of be proud own it you've managed to get to university um you've managed to do all this stuff with an eating disorder who's to say you can't go and live your best life at university so after that phone conversation Oh, sorry, I don't know what I did there. After that phone conversation, I decided that was when I was going to kind of start Strong Not Skinny on my Instagram um, and make the most of my experiences um, because I know everyone's different, um, but for me, like, if you see how much I've utilised what I've been through, you know, with the podcast and with my Facebook page and my Instagram wellbeing page, um, positives really can be taken from it. So that was a big decision in myself and I felt like university was a perfect time to do it because I didn't actually know anyone at university. There was two people I knew. Um, One was in the year above me at university um, and we had a... uh, We weren't the best of friends basically at home but then we made good friends at university. Um, And my another friend, um, shout out to Amber... um, I swam with Amber for a good few years and she was actually the girl that got me um like helped me confirm Loughborough I called her for a good like hour to two hours when I was considering it um and yeah she just taught me through it all and helped me make my decision 
But apart from those two, I didn't know anyone else. So, you know, perfect time for a clean slate. And that's what I kind of made of it. You know, new people, new settings, new lifestyle. I do think uni can either make you or break you. Um, as kind of like drastic as that sounds, obviously not like not I don't mean it in such a drastic way um but to some extent I really think it can have that effect and it definitely made like made me the person I am and I think going to Loughborough was one of the best things I've ever done I believe that everything happens for a reason and I actually didn't get um my predicted a star which I kind of knew was never gonna happen anyway um for Bath but I only had my mindset on Bath I didn't want to go to my insurance at Bristol um I didn't really want to go anywhere else. So I panicked, you know, and then I got five more offers through clearing and everyone was saying, everyone I'd spoken to, all the other unis were like, why are you going through clearing with three A's? Like, you could surely get in somewhere. And I was like, yeah, it's not really Meg. Exam results, it's kind of me. Um, so I believe that everything happens for a reason because, again, I utilised that experience of going through clearing um, and I did some interviews in the paper um, and I did a youtube video with university um to kind of show that clearing is not this negative experience that people think it is um but that's what got me thinking that everything happens for a reason because if i hadn't gone through clearing i wouldn't have gone to loughborough and i don't think i would have had such a good university life that i did um but yeah university was came with its difficulties as well you know i had lots of lot responsibilities I was lacrosse captain in second year and final year um I was sports sec for my halls um I kind of threw myself into it um fresh as I I didn't drink for the first year and a half two years of uni but I still went out in freshers um I remember Akko um gave me when he was hall chair gave me a fresher of the whatever's called best fresher award um because I would go out to like the late hours of the morning, as he said, um, stone cold sober. But that was just kind of, I thought, you know, I'm here. You only get to do freshers once. Well, depends who you are. <laughs> Some people like to do it every year. Um, but you only get to be a fresher really once, I guess. Um, and you only get this kind of new start and new lifestyle once um university wise anyway so I thought I'm going to throw myself into it and because I kind of let my illness take so many years away from me in secondary school I decided I wasn't going to let it do that at university and I think that kind of mindset really helped me give uni um everything I got and I made friends some of my like closest friends a lot of my closest friends now actually are from university um the best friends I'll ever have um so yeah that was another kind of positive experience I guess that's come from being ill all my years before university I'd kind of lost or I hadn't appreciated or were very like dark and I thought uni's going to be my time to turn that around and have fun and enjoy myself um I mean it came with its difficulties like I've said you know um I still I had like that's when my insomnia begun actually because of like lack of sleep from work and being busy playing lacrosse and other like responsibilities or just going out and things um but I felt a lot better equipped to deal with it um being in a new setting again um and being a bit like my own person 
I think the independence that comes with the university is very different to what you experience at school because at school like you've got the independence of going to school but you're being taught by teachers you know you're in this routine that the teacher set for you and then you go home um and you're with your family and your parents um and maybe your siblings, your brothers and sisters, whereas at university, it's on you to get to the lectures, um, it's on you to do the work, you go home to halls or to a house kind of that you've decided to live in, maybe you're alone or you're with one person or um, you're not with your family, you know, Um, so it's a very different lifestyle, you're kind of breaking out of the bubble of uh, early education, um, because ever since you're young, you're always in the same like routine of you wake up you have breakfast you go to school you have school breaks you do more more lessons you have lunch you do more lessons then you go home then you have dinner with your family then you go to bed obviously this is very cliche um but I'm trying to say that that's a bubble you know being at home your friendships can often be like convenience friendships um everything you do is based on kind of like location um and like socioeconomic status and all of that but then when you go to university you've got the chance to break out of that and sort of live your own life and be a bit more independent so I think all of that definitely had a positive effect on my mental health um, and my well-being for sure um and I think at 25 minutes I will probably end it there I think it's been a bit of a ramble it's been a bit up and down it has been a while since I've recorded a podcast um because I'm just releasing ones that I recorded back in Sydney sorry um got a bit of a dry throat then um so yeah I apologize if that was a bit like haphazard but I hope you can take something from it um please go to google podcasts and rate and review and let me know what you thought thank you for listening and have a good day